As the job report comes out today, Wall Street is really, really funny. The market tanks. I guess they didn't like the fact that for apparently right now, for every one person out there who's looking for work, there's potentially 1.9 jobs out there, according to reports that I'm reading, even though I have a hard time believing that 100% of the time. But it's interesting that Wall Street is freaking out about this, at least as of right now. And there's other reasons too. They're waiting for the Fed to come out with their report as well. And so at the end of the day, it's really hard to determine where the market's going to be going. I think also the market's kind of freaking out too with what happened, what's happening in Brazil right now with a trucker's protest due to an election result. And here in the United States, we're about ready to have midterm elections too. And it's going to make the market extremely interesting these next couple of days to see what happens with the market. But we do have news to report on, and so we need to be able to get into that. First off, we have some news from Nightscope. Nightscope is in the news again. Not being talked about much by Wall Street, but we'll talk about Nightscope on this podcast today. We also have some news from energy companies, from oil CEOs claiming that this winter's energy crisis will be nothing compared to the next. Joe Biden is threatening higher taxes on oil companies, which is an interesting thought that he's having currently right now. Elon Musk is in the news again with Twitter, where he's thinking about bringing back a good old a social media platform that was really popular in the early 2000s, okay? Twitter is also in the news too because apparently as the election gets closer, Twitter is now, Elon's not allowing people to have content moderation tools before the midterm elections come up. This is going to affect potentially the politics side of what's happening. And finally, we got to talk about the politics side of what this midterm election could mean for our portfolios in the stock market. With that being said, I have to remind you all at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market when you invest. Your personal financial advisor actually knows your financial situation a lot better than I would. And they can help you guide, hype, help you and guide you be able to know what you need to do in order to invest. Please also note too that I do have a position in Nightscope. It's a long-term position and I legally cannot give you any financial advice. This podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. Let's begin today's podcast. Nightscope secures five new contracts accelerating growth from Mountain View, California, BusinessWire. Nightscope, a leading developer of autonomous security robots, continues its run on market expansion announcements with five new contracts for its autonomous security robots services and several verticals across multiple U.S. geographies. These wins continue to provide recurring revenue for an ongoing societal problems. The contracts, industries, and deployment locations are as follows, okay? You got to hear what these locations are. It's pretty insane, okay? A pharmaceutical global manufacturer and distributor of medical and laboratory products that provide uh, correction and provider of performance and data solutions for healthcare facilities will have a K5 ASR patrolling its headquarters in Ohio. Two hotels, one in Tennessee and one in Washington, are each subscribing to a K5 ASR protecting employees, guests, and visitors' parking lots. A sports complex in New York will have a K5 ASR securing its parking lot and entrances against trespassers and deter vehicles and, cat and Cadillac converter thefts. And finally, a multiple, a multiple family housing complex in Pennsylvania owned by an investment company with dozens of other properties in 14 states will use a K-1 ASR and two K-5 ASRs to watch over the construction of a new development as well as enhance its security upon completion. 
So in reality, it looks like it's really six if you think about it, because it says here that there's five. No, they secured five new contracts, but one of them has two, the K1 and the K5. And obviously the sports complex will have a K5. That's three robots, two hotels. That's five. And in Ohio, that's six. Six robots potentially getting deployed. Five new contracts, six robots. This is insane in the making, okay? Nightscope, okay? Because it says here... This is another thing you got to remember too. Today's announcement is an addition to the 30 new contracts already disclosed to date in 2022 as Nightscope continues to penetrate the market with its groundbreaking security technologies and services. I personally believe, and I will keep saying this on this podcast, and granted, I might be completely wrong at the end of the day, okay? Nightscope could potentially be the next big company, okay? This is not financial advice. This is... Purely speculation on my part. And the only reason I say that now, okay, everything that Nightscope is doing is pointing in the direction of growth. They bought out case emergency systems, which we talked about in the last podcast, which now has over 7,000 locations added to their portfolio of machines, right? In network. Now this makes it to, I believe now 107,000, well, robot wise, it's going to be like 136 or plus because there's some backlogs and there's some orders being put out, at least from if I'm counting correctly. I try my best to keep count, but sometimes you forget these numbers. And obviously they have 7,000 plus already with buying out case. And you know, what's funny is that Nightscope stock today actually rose to about $3.64 before it's now where it's at its levels. Currently at the time of this podcast, which is at $3.34 a share currently right now. Like I said, this isn't financial advice. I personally believe Nightscope is going to be a huge game changer in the making, especially if they're able to keep having results that they're having. I mean, if you look at their website, they're cutting crime down. You have a police chief that are, that's talking about it in Huntington Park in California, and it's doing really well there in Huntington Park. You have, you have a lot of their studies that are being done and what their products and services are doing. And they're determined. They're, they're, they're determined to make America the safest country in the world. That's their statement. Okay. Their, their slogan is always not long night scope, short the criminals. You have a ambitious CEO. And like I keep saying, at least I'll say it on this podcast. And for those of you who actually do know me in person, I always say this. I think night scope is going to be a huge game changer. And I think society is going to change for the better if they can continue growing, obviously. Now, granted, they could go under tomorrow and that would be such a shame if it did. But at least there's a company out there that's trying to do something about criminal activity right now. Because we live in a society that doesn't seem to have the answers. And at least there's someone out there who's trying. And like I said, this isn't financial advice. I'm just a firm, firm believer in the company. And I really hope that they do well. Because I, I'm, I'm just tired of listening to the news of all these tragedies that are happening. And so at least someone's trying out there. Continuing on with the segments of today... Oil CEO warned this winter energy crisis will be nothing compared to the next. From, from uh, United Arab Emirates, politicians and governments around the world are bracing for a potential civil unrest as many countries grapple with mounting energy costs and rising inflation. The global economy is facing an onslaught from multiple sides, a war in Europe and a shortage of oil, gas and food and high inflation, each of which have worsened the next. Concerns are centered on the upcoming winter, especially for Europe. Cold weather combined with oil and gas shortage stemming from Western sanctions on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine threatens to upend the lives and businesses. But as much worry as there is ahead of this winter, it really 
the winter of 2023 that people should be worried about. Major oil and gas execute, executives have warned. Quote, we've got a difficult winter ahead and a subsequent Subsequent to that, we have got a more difficult winter in the year ahead of, of that. Because the production that is available to Europe in the first half of 2023 is considerably less than the production we had available to us in the first half of 2020, said Russell Hardy, CEO of Major Oil Trader. Vital told CNBC Hadley Gamble during a panel at the uh, Apex conference in in Saudi Arabia, in, in Abu Dubai. So the consequences of energy shortages are therefore price escalation of all things that have been discussed here about the cost of living. The expectation of problems ahead clearly need to be thought about in that context, he said. BP CEO uh, Bernard Loonley, Loonley, I believe it is, speaking at the same panel, argued energy prices are approaching unaffordability, which some people are already spending 50% of their disposable income on higher energy prices, he said. But through a combination of high gas shortage levels and government spending packages to subsidize people's bills, Europe may be able to manage the crisis this year. Quote, I think it has been addressed for this winter, Looney said. It's the next winter I think may have many of us worried in Europe could be even more challenging. The CEO of the Italian oil and gas giant Eni, I believe that's how it's said, expressed the same worry. You know, there is going to be a lot of social unrest if gas prices keep rising. I mean, in Sri Lanka, they already technically had their quote unquote revolution and their government had left. And we reported that in a past podcast. We know for a fact, too, that Turkey has super high inflation going on right now. Oil and gas prices are going insane. California, I guess gas prices are going down because we finally introduced the winter blend into our into our system a little bit earlier. Governor Newsom decided that it was important to win an election, and so he pushed it forward. But what's also interesting, too, these oil companies are making a lot of money right now, okay? And like I had said, Joe Biden's going to blame oil companies for a lot of these problems, and it's finally here. On the politics side of things, Biden threatens higher taxes on oil companies if they do not work to lower gas prices. Ooh, Joe Biden's at it again. From CNBC, President Joe Biden threatened Monday to pursue higher taxes on oil company profits if industry giants do not work to cut gas prices. Biden has criticized oil companies that have made record high profits as consumers struggle to keep up with high gas prices. The price of a gallon of gas was $3.76 on Monday, according to an AAA down from the record of over $5 in June, but still higher than a year ago. Their profits are a windfall of war, Biden said, referring to Russia's war in Ukraine, which prompted Western sanctions that reduced oil supply. It's time for these companies to stop their war profiting. Quote, if they don't, if they don't, they're going to pay higher taxes on their ex- excessive profits, he said. With eight days to go before the election day, White House messaging has focused on how Democrats are working to improve the economy and how Republicans would make it worse. Inflation in the economy consistently ranked as the top issues for voters and higher gas prices stretched consumer budgets for much of this year. Ahead of this election, he has highlighted efforts to reduce consumer costs in a range of other industries. Last week, Biden announced initiatives to address junk fees from banks, airlines, cable companies, and other industries aiming to provide families with more breathing room. And 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 on top of that, too, according to this article, any new taxes on oil profits would need to would need congressional approval, which many prove difficult as Democrats control both chambers of Congress by slim margins. Progressives like Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts previously floated the idea. Republicans who generally support lower taxes also hope to win back one or both chambers of Congress in November 8th midterms. Biden stressed that he is a capitalist. Okay. 
But he added that companies are making profits so high, it's hard to believe. Shell made $9.5 billion in profits in the third quarter, almost doubled what it was made in the same period last year. Biden said Exxon's profits in the third quarter were $18.7 billion, nearly triple what Exxon made last year and the most in 152-year history. Biden has made pleas to oil companies to increase production rather than enrich shareholders in recent weeks as the price of gas remains high. Yeah, fellow podcast listeners, I'm going to ask you now to do this. Please share the podcast that we had talked about in the past about what oil companies did from 2013 to 2021, actually. We talked about on this podcast of how they weren't making money during that time and how some oil companies were actually like drilling more and building more of the sites to drill. It takes time to build. And this is something I don't think our lovely president of the United States, Joe Biden, understands. It takes time to build oil rigs. Now, granted, he has been canceling a lot of drilling. And he then he claims that, oh, there's plenty of land that they have to drill on. Okay, Oil companies are not going to drill on land if they're not going to be guaranteed to make money. There's probably a lot of rules and regulations. In fact, maybe that's what we need to do in this podcast. We need to interview someone who's actually in the oil and gas industry and be able to say, hey, what are you seeing on your end currently? Why are we not drilling as much? What's causing this to happen? Maybe that's something we can do on this podcast. If you have anyone who you think we can talk to, let us know in the comments or reach out to us by email. But, you know, at the end of the day, these oil companies are going to want to make money. And all honestly, okay. It says earlier this month, Biden announced the release of 15 million barrels of crude oil, which in reality is nothing if you think about it. From the Strategic Petroleum Oil Reserve, the White House has re released about 165 million barrels of crude from the reserve since the beginning of the year. Out of the total that it was said that he said would be around 180 million. Biden promised an earlier speech to purchase oil to refill reserves once the price hits $70 a barrel. He said companies should therefore invest now to increase production with the, con with the confidence that the government will purchase the oil later. The American Petroleum Institute and Oil and Natural Gas Trade Associated did not immediately respond to requests to comment on Biden's remarks. You know, I kind of wish they would. I really would. I believe the CEO of Exxon recently spoke out on this. I'd have to look into it again. But, you know, I think oil companies are going to do what they need to do to survive. I mean, I'm surprised Joe Biden is mad at ExxonMobil because obviously ExxonMobil is a political issue right now with the oil and gas situation. But at the same time, they're not freaking out about how Apple just made like 20 point something billion dollars in sales for their company. No one's ever mad at tech companies because it doesn't affect politics that much. Except for when it does affect politics, then they do care. This midterm election is going to be really interesting to see what happens to oil companies going forward. And I really wish the news would call out our lovely president and his cabinet and all that stuff. Remember... To my fellow podcast listeners, if you took photos of gas before the election, before President Trump lost the election, now might be a time to start posting those photos again to remind people what gas was before. I mean, in all honesty, gas was cheaper a few years ago. Wasn't that long ago. Now gas has obviously gone up a lot. Now, obviously, there's other factors too, like the pandemic had happened and they probably weren't drilling as much which is fine. I mean, stuff like that does happen, but but you have to remember too, Joe Biden did cancel Keystone Pipeline. That was like the very first thing he did in office that very first day. And at the same time, he's not allowing a lot of drilling to happen because he's getting rid of a lot of land leases, or at least not getting new ones. I think when it's all said and done, 
if someone were actually to report the news, it would be somewhat dis- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would destroy confidence in government a lot of the times. And they don't want that at times, it seems like. But speaking of government and tech companies, Elon Musk, and this is an interesting one, Elon Musk might bring back Vine, a predecessor to, of TikTok, shut down by Twitter. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and I had said, you know, because they were complaining. They were like, oh, young people spend too much time on TikTok. And I was like, how is that any different than when we were on Vines? And the person had that realization of like, oh, wow, we weren't that different. And now this is an interesting thought here. It says Twitter's new CEO, Elon Musk, is thinking about bringing back Vine, the short form video app that Twitter bought and abandoned long before TikTok made the format popular. The possible Vine revival shows that the breadth of product ideas, including old ones, that Musk is toying with in his first week of heading up to Twitter. You know, that's an interesting thought too. Why is it that when TikTok's getting big, why didn't Twitter before Elon Musk like decide we should bring back Vine? I didn't know Twitter owned Vine. So this is an interesting thought. Continuing on, it says a person who works for Twitter said exploratory discussions are happening with the social media network about a possible Vine revival, which was the first reported by Axios. The person asked to remain anonymous with authorization to speak on behalf of the company. It's not clear how Vine redesign and brand revival would fit in with other big questions hanging over Twitter, such as whether Musk will order mass layoffs or other cost-cutting measures or try to boost subscription revenue. Musk tweeted more than 20 times Saturday and Sunday, offering more conflicting signals about where he wants to take Twitter and doing little to affect fears that and that hate speech and misinformation will flourish under new rules. One of the tweets was poll about Vine, with nearly 70% of respondents voting in favor of bringing it back. A new former, a few former popular Vine stars appeared receptive to the potential res- resurrection of the app. Zach King responded to Musk with a heart emoji. L- Lily Pones retweeted Musk and wrote, yes, please, at Elon Musk, do it. Musk also solicited ideas about how to make a revived Vine better than TikTok. What about, uh, correction, what could we do to make it better than TikTok, he wrote in response to Jimmy Donaldson's, better known as Mr. Beast, who is one of the most popular YouTube creators. Donaldson had responded to Musk's Twitter poll writing, if you did that and actually competed with TikTok, that would be hilarious. Actually reported that Musk wants to reboot and he could be ready by the end of the year. But some said it would, wouldn't necessarily be easy to bring Vine back after Twitter shut it down in 2016. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, okay? Remember, TikTok, I believe, is a Chinese app, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that was something President Trump had mentioned about, because I think Microsoft originally wanted to buy TikTok, and then Donald Trump said no to that idea. And you have Vine, which is owned by Twitter, which is now owned by Elon Musk. That would be a very, very interesting situation if Vine was to come back. Now, granted, TikTok is more popular. Can't you can't you can't argue with that at the end of the day. But would it also mean influence would end? And influence would be switching to a new platform. That would make things a little bit more interesting at the end of the day. But we have some major breaking news that we have to be able to talk about, and it has to do more with Twitter. It says here, Twitter reportedly limits employees' access to content moderation tools as midterm election nears. Elon Musk's Twitter has taken away certain content uh, moderation policy enforcement and tools before this midterm election. You know, it's funny that this is happening now because it means that he's trying to make sure that Twitter has a safe election in the making. 
Continuing on, he says, and this is being reported from Bloomberg News, by the way, the move affects most employees who are part of Twitter's trust and safety organization, Bloomberg reported on Tuesday, citing unnamed sources. The staffers unable to address and discipline user accounts that violate Twitter rules around hate speech and misinformation unless they involve harm, the report said. Twitter is still using automated content moderation tools and third-party con- contractors to prevent the spread of misinformation and inflammatory posts while Twitter employees review high-profile violations, Bloomberg said. Twitter did not immediately respond to CNBC's request for comment. Um, Twitter's head of safety reacted to the Bloomberg News in a tweet. Quote, this is exactly what we or any company should be doing in the midst of corporate trans- transitions to reduce opportunities to cause... Uh, the tweet just went away. Oh, no, here's... Um, to reduce opportunities for insider risk, he wrote, we're still enforcing our rules at scale. It's it's an interesting thought that this is now happening. And all honestly, I mean, think of it this way. Midterm, the midterms are coming up. And people always say like, oh, social media platforms are the cause for a lot of our issues in the making. Now you have Elon Musk who's taking this away from people. It says on Friday after the closing acquisition, Musk said he planned to form a special content moderation council without disclosing specifics such as who would be part of it or what would or what they would do. You know, midterm elections are coming up and they're trying to make sure there's not a lot of misinformation out there. I believe right now a lot of bot accounts have been deleted too as well, which makes things more interesting with Twitter going forward because that also means that th- this could potentially actually be a, a lid a legit election and if people argue with results that's going to be interesting at the end of the day or maybe actual news reports will come out about what's actually happening quicker than last year or two years ago i mean actually but this does affect our portfolios in some way shape or form just politics and your portfolio midterm elections create uncertainty for markets investment advisors say not to be it's not wise to try and use to time the market, but it does make sense to periodically adjust your portfolio. So with the midterm elections now a week away, but the outcome still non-focus, does it make sense to make those adjustments now? Probably not, says a financial advisor. Quote, investing based on political beliefs or what you think may happen politically is an emotional decision. And emotional decisions in regard to investing tend not to work out very well. Said certified financial planner, Sean Melby, former uh, correction, founder of Nashville, Tennessee-based Melby Wealth and Man- Management. He points to the Point Bridge America First ETF fund, which trades under the symbol MAGA, and was marked as a way to invest in companies that align with Republican beliefs from its inception in September 7th of 2017 through election right now of November 3rd. 2020 MAGA returned 6.85%, while the S&P 500 ETF SPY returned 36.10% over the same time, according to Trades Web. Election impact policy outcomes are moving targets. There is uncertainty in the outcome. While the polling suggests that Democrats would lose control of Congress, polls are not elections. And even if you do not predict the vote outcome, sorry about that. Even if you don't predict the vote outcome, you still might end up being wrong about its impacts. Like many market events, you can be 100% correct or the timing or outcome, but wrong about how it impacts the stock market, said Kevin J. Brady, a CFP and New York-based vice president at Wealthspire Advisors. It's not really that important what political party is in power so much as there's much more predictable outcomes. Policy outcomes are also a moving target, which makes it challenging to invest based on what you think might happen. Quote, policies are pretty different to get put in place. So you have generally pretty good lead time to deal with whatever the policies may be, said Taylor Sutherland, senior wealth advisor with Halbert Hargrove. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say about elections is this, okay? Wall Street, I think, is already starting to price in where... 
where the market's going. I, I believe that. Okay. The only time Wall Street really, like, I think got it wrong was back in 2016. Could be wrong on this too. But I do remember having to talk to a friend about this where the market was already starting to tank after President Donald Trump was the official declared winner in 2016's election. And I remember just thinking like, wow, the market's going to stink the next day. And then the market rebounded because Wall Street had priced in that Hillary Clinton, I think, was going to win. And then they were surprised that Donald Trump had won. I think the market is starting to price in everything. I don't know who the winner is going to be technically right now. I really don't. I personally believe, like I've said, that from what the market's showing, you mean you've seen oil prices on the rise, obviously, because of a lot of factors that are happening. But you now have Wall Street who's like getting a little bit more excited. Like they're like a few about a week ago, they were saying stay away from tech stocks. Now they're saying, like, oh, this might be a buying opportunity to buy into tech stocks, mostly because you have companies like Meta who tanked, who's like who was like at $1.200 a share about a year or two ago. Now it's down to about $94 a share. This isn't financial advice, obviously. And then you have other companies like Amazon who didn't do well last quarter and Microsoft and all these tech companies. And now you have Wall Street being like, this might be a time to buy in the tech company sector after seeing these stocks tank. Obviously, I can't give financial advice. I don't know if they can either, but they are talking about it currently. I don't know where the markets are going to go. But what I do know is this. Whoever wins, and if Wall Street's wrong, you can potentially see an article coming out saying that the market is currently tanking. Potentially. Not 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 100% sure on that, but it could happen. I don't know who's going to win at the end of the day. I really don't. But I do know, I think the market's already pricing in who's going to win. And how the markets react based off election results will give you an idea too how Wall Street reacts to it. The day of, the day after, or the day when it's the election results are coming in. So pay attention and you'll have an idea of what Wall Street's thinking. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street. That Wall Street isn't always willing to be able or be able to talk about. Please continue to share this podcast with friends or family or continue to share past podcasts too that we've mentioned so that we can be able to continue to get the word out there of what's happening. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.